welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you were ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. I'm really honored to be here today. So I can just tell you that blind is overrated. Uh, It's really not that cool at all. Uh, But I'm your best friend. (laughs) You look great. No kidding. You look thinner. That first of the year program is still working. Your hair is awesome today. How appropriate. It's Valentine's Day, and I'm here with my sweetheart. That's cool. We've been married for nearly 38 years. This day is really special to us because we got married on the most romantic day of the year. No, it wasn't Valentine's Day. Uh, No, it was April 15th, Income Tax Day. Yeah, I'm going to ask my husband to pray over me this morning. April 15th is now officially the most romantic day of the year. Lord, thank you that there's great things happening right here in this room even now, and it's, it's a work of the Holy Spirit who we welcome. Will you continue to work, please, to show yourself incredibly good and mighty to every person in this room? Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus, open the eyes of our understanding so that we can see you and see what you want to say. So bless Gail as she communicates. Thank you for the grace of God on these moments. In the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. My husband's name is Tony McWilliams. And when we did marry, uh, we married in the spring by Christmas, our first Christmas together. We had no idea that our lives would be radically changed. On Christmas Eve, I went to bed with perfect 2020 eyesight. Christmas morning, I woke up and I could see nothing. I had no idea that the gift that we were being given would be bittersweet. I didn't know for several months after Christmas that I was actually pregnant with our first child. But in the course of having our children, I gradually lost my eyesight. Again, bittersweet to have gained new life. We have five children, four daughters and a son. But in the course of that, to gradually lose eyesight. And then after we had the five children, it was about two or three years later, the doctors insisted they do eye surgery. And the eye surgery was absolutely um, a car wreck and that catapulted me into more blindness. I have every reason this morning to stand before you being afraid, being bitter, and I am not. People ask me all the time, how can you have so much joy and you can't see? My question is, how can you see and have no joy? It's all about choices, life is about choices. So first service got part one, that was the intro. Y'all get part two. And I hope that uh, those of you that got to hang out for both services, maybe it will all mesh. And for the rest of you, I still think there's something pertinent in this service, whether you are here first or not. What I want to do is encourage you today about something that I also think is overrated, and that's to live life based only on what you see. When you live life based only on what you see, it it will always be limited and disappointing. But when you live life with vision, hey, the sky's the limit. Um, And I'm wondering, what do you see this morning? What have you been living by? So many times we look at the numbers, the numbers don't look good. We look at the job where we are and we think, ah, it doesn't look good. There might be layoffs, there might be pink slips. Uh, We look at relationships that we might feel like we are stuck in, or we look at career paths that maybe we think we made the wrong choice. Maybe we look at something, and the reason I love being here today, Pastor Tim, You're such a visionary. I love the fact that it's not just about a group of people meeting, it's about a city. And a city conquered can take a community and a community estate and then a ripple effect across the nation and around the globe. 
And can I just ask you, why wouldn't that be the vision? When I heard that it was a group of influencers, I love that. I love people, but my passion's leaders. But then I also started to think, why wouldn't we all have that mindset that we are influencers? And the truth of the matter is we do influence. The problem is sometimes we don't take it seriously or we think it's going to be for someone else. And the truth of the matter is you've been called to be an asset on this team. You've been called to make a difference. I like the idea and the word picture that you can walk into a room and you're either going to be wallpaper that just sort of hangs around or you're going to make a difference in the atmosphere when you walk in. And I'm not talking about being something boisterous and obnoxious when you walk in. It's just the fact that you walked in, things just turned around. And that's how I feel. You know, I could stand before you today telling you of what I battle with the most, and that's having any value. I mean, think about it. Uh, What good is a woman who can't see anymore? You know, in the church, it's sort of like you're, you're looked at going, what's your problem? If you had enough faith, you know, you could see again. And I believe that that can happen. I believe in a God who makes all the difference, who can do the impossible. And that's why I put my car keys back in my purse. You can say, that's crazy. Why would you put your car keys in your purse? Well, first of all, did you miss the fact that we're from Dallas? I mean, most of the people driving in Dallas, they're blind too. They can't see. But I put something in my hand that engages me in hope. What do you have in your hand that engages you in hope? What is it that you've been believing for and you think it's too big? Too big what? Based on your ability or his? What are you in the middle of thinking? It doesn't make sense. I'm in the tension of God's promises over here and real life or how it seems over there. What will you decide? What will anchor you in the middle of all of that? And I remember the day that I had to choose, literally, between the child I was carrying, which is our second daughter. It's nearly four months pregnant. I'd gone through a whole bunch of tests in a very famous hospital in the Midwest. And after a day of grueling, painful tests, I was sitting in the exam room when the doctor came in and he said, Gail, you have to choose today between your baby or your eyes. I just looked his direction and I said, I choose my baby. Doctor stood up, slammed shut my folder and said, what a foolish decision and left the room. Just because you make choices doesn't mean everyone's going to applaud you along the way. I mean, think about it. Jesus Christ, our savior, the lover of our souls today that we celebrate. One week they applaud him, the next week they crucify him. Welcome to life. If you're living life based only on the applause of men or the approval of men, listen to me, you, are prob- you probably have whiplash. But if you'll live based, anchored on something else, and that day when the doctor walked out, a verse surfaced to me that I didn't even really know that I knew. Somebody had shared it with me when I was a young girl. It was about choices that have put before you life, death, blessing, and cursing. Choose life. Choose life. And that's what I've come to tell you today. Choose life. It's not just about a baby. It's about your life. Choose life. Choose to live. Most people spend all their energy surviving and engaging. What would it take for you to live? I've always told my children since they were young, live on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. And the heart of this mama is that they serve his purposes in their generation. That's my desire for each of you, no matter where you find yourself, that you live on purpose. And whatever it is that you are fighting in your own mind, whatever tape that keeps playing in your mind, maybe you're playing the tape, you know, I can't, or I I won't, or it's not gonna happen to me, or I don't have what it takes. I get all of that. Listen, how can I ever be the wife my husband needed? 
How could I ever be the mother my children needed? And for sure, well, who's going to call on me to carpool? It's not going to happen. No matter if I'm carrying my car keys or not, it just doesn't make practical sense. Yet, not long ago, I was speaking in New Mexico. I actually had a morning off in between several engagements. And um, a gal came and picked me up. I just met her while I was there. And she said, hey, I want to take you somewhere. And I said, all right, let's go. So I got in a really cool Jeep. It was so much fun. She took me out to the white sands of New Mexico. And if you think about it, it's just acres and acres, miles and miles of white sands. It's a very dirty trick to play on a blind woman. Because I was looking for the beach. I wanted to hear the waves. Where are they? It was only sand. We got halfway out in this huge, massive place of white sand. And she said, you want to drive? I'm like, yeah. So she gives me her keys. I'm like, she's a woman of faith. She gets in on the passenger side. I get in on the driver's side. I'm honking my horn everywhere. I'm putting my blinker on. I'm making hand signals like I am in city traffic or whatever. I had a blast till I hit one of the sand dunes. Came up on the sand dune. It really didn't wreck the car at all. It was just, she thought it was funny. I'm like, of all people, you know, I guess, I guess it's really true. I can't see. I hit a dune. And I was up on the side like this. The Jeep was sort of teetering. And, and I took my hand off the wheel. And she goes, what are you doing? She said, gun it, girl. So I just gunned it and we got off of there and guess what? We just kept going on our journey. And some of you this morning, I think that possibly you've taken your hand off of something. Put your hand back on. Go on, gun it. Because there's an accelerated pace where God wants to take you. And you can say, but what I've been saying is I can't, I can't. Who told you that? That's so profane. I better never hear that word in this church, can't. Are you serious? Serving a God who can do the impossible? What can you dream? And whatever you dream, believe me, it's too small. He's dreaming bigger. Dream big. What would it hurt? Um, a man that I know was killed tragically about a year or so ago in a plane accident. And I often heard this man speak about purpose. I love, I love the whole idea of purpose. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But he said, you know, most people go to the grave full. And as soon as I heard that phrase, I'm like, I get this picture. I see this suddenly. And what he was saying is most go full to the grave full of ideas that they never self-fulfilled, businesses they never started, um, books they've never written, things they've never built, inventions they never brought to the market. They go to the grave full of those. And as soon as I heard that, I thought, ah, it, knows, it, makes, it makes sense why people live empty. But shouldn't it be the other way around? We live full. We pour it all out. We go to the grave empty because we poured it all out. You've got one life, one opportunity. What on earth would you be waiting for? A couple of years ago, I was asked to speak at my first football stadium. And on the way out to the field, I asked my husband, I said, where will I be standing? He said, you'll be on the 50-yard line. And just like that, it came to me. I got a word picture. I saw it. And I'm like, yes. So I was handed my mic, standing on the 50-yard line. My husband left. I'm standing there alone. And I talk to the people. I greet the people. And then I said, I find it interesting and profound that where I stand today is where most people live, the 50-yard line, in between two goals halted between two opinions. It will involve choice, ladies and gentlemen. But here's the great news there is one who will show you the wise choice. He will show you the best choice, but you've got to cooperate with what he's showing you. 
So there we stand in between two goals. We're afraid to move, halted between all of that. We're afraid if we move forward, there might be pushback. There might be somebody disagreeing with what we're doing. We see our own inabilities and we say, I can't do this. It's too hard. I might get hurt or we're chained to yesterday. How can you run forward when you're chained to the past? How can a God of the universe forgive you of everything and you won't forgive yourself? What's the problem? Forgive yourself. Move on. Yesterday, just an event. Hopefully that you can learn from and move forward. You're not failure. It's just a place that you popped into and hopefully you popped right back out of it. Why? Because there's somewhere you're going on purpose with purpose. But if you're not careful, you'll live on that 50-yard line totally paralyzed, afraid to get off of it. And then you'll mosey off the field, get in the stands and watch everybody else play this game called life. And I want to ask you, like I asked the crowd that day, what would it take for you to get back on the field of life and play with all your might? It's your turn. You're an asset, not only to this community, you're an asset wherever you've been planted. So if I can talk to you about part two this morning, it's three things that I love to talk about. One is passion, one is purpose, and one is position. What is your passion? So many times we're trying to figure out what do you, you know, what do I want to do with my life? I'm doing exactly what I always want to do with my life. I always wanted to be part of encouraging people on the front lines of life, encouraging them on, applauding them. Yes, you can do this. And it's not just about hype and um, I have also the title beyond author and have a national radio show and all of those kind of things, but I have this title of motivational, inspirational speaker. I don't know what that means exactly, but I'm one of those coaches. I got the whistle around my neck. I got my arm around your shoulder and kicking your tail all the way back to the field to get back there. And you can say, well, I've been benched for a while. Perfect. It's just a while. It's just a season. You got a front row seat to play the game better. Quit saying, if only I had or if I could just. I've been in more places. I don't believe it's because I can't see, because I do believe the scriptures that say, your gift will make a way for you. That has nothing to do with your abilities or what you can or cannot see. And in fact, I do feel like I have the advantage so many times. I'm the visionary that's been dropped into a visual world that's gone blind. They call good evil and they call evil good. That's craziness. They've lost their anchor. They've lost their moral compass. They don't know exactly where they're headed. And maybe that's you today. And if so, you're just tossed about every which way. But there is a clear place. There is a port. There is a sail. There's a wind of the Holy Spirit that wants to take you to places you couldn't imagine. Platforms I've had, connections I've had. And it's amazing. It's just part of the journey. It's not even people that necessarily I sought out. I was sought out. And you look at that and go, wow, your gift will make a way for you. Trust that truth. You have a gift that will make a way for you. The job you're doing currently is just, an, just the training ground for what's coming next. Promotion comes from the Lord. God will send you a butler that'll open a door that you couldn't even begin to imagine. Your connection with the mayor of this city already tells me that your sights were set on high places. Why? Because it's a place of influence. Why? To make a difference. Why would you show up and just hang out? Happened to watch the Super Bowl last weekend. My team did not win, I'm sorry. But as I was standing there or watching the game, haha, you say, well, how does that happen? Believe me, I know more that's happening than anything. 
Like, are you crazy? Could you not catch that ball? What's the problem? But here's the, here's the deal. Those guys on both of those winning teams never once came to the 50-yard line and went, hey, guys, how you doing? Oh, hey, you're, we're blessed today. Oh, you, you know, you could take a field if you wanted to. Are you kidding? They came ready to play. Why? So much was at stake. Why would you play life any different? So much is at stake. But people say, I don't know what I want to do. Easy. Let me coach you for a moment and I'll do it for free. What's your passion? What is it you love to do? I asked somebody this the other day and the woman, she's a professional and she said, you know, I'm just miserable where I am. And I go, why? I said, what's your passion? She goes, I always, this is crazy, but I always want to be a clown. I said, oh, this was different. I'm like, okay. And uh, I just kept smiling, but I'm like, this is, oh, God, help me on this one. And she said, um, I've always wanted to be a clown. I said, well, why did you want to be a clown? She said, I want to make people happy. I want to make them smile. I said, what do you do now? She said, I'm a social, um, I'm a social, uh, an activity. I'm a, not an activity director, but I'm an activity something director at a facility. And I went, you're doing exactly your passion, Right. You're bringing some joy to some people. You're organizing the events. You're making them memorable. And she goes, oh my goodness, I am. Like she didn't even know she was tied to her passion. Um, I talked with a woman the other day. Actually, she came back to the book table and she said, I listened to what you had to say. I was sort of encouraged, but she said, I'm just a receptionist. I went, what? Just a receptionist? I said, just a receptionist? Is that what you told me? I said, are you kidding? You're the gatekeeper of your corporation. You see everybody that comes and goes. You're the first probably to see them and the last to see who leaves. Your voice alone is the first that anybody ever hears when they call the corporation. Depending on how you answer that phone is what they want to do next with your company. Just a receptionist. And I went on and on. And by this time, I could, I could, maybe I couldn't see it physically, but I could sense that her shoulders were back. And I said, just a receptionist. I said, if I were you, I'd ask for a raise. She goes, I think I will. <laughs> Same with you. Whatever you have just in front of them. Ah, I'm just a woman that can't see. Are you serious? I'm a visionary. I'm a visionary that inspires action. It's not enough for me to see you on the field. I want to see you do something with it. Where are you going to take it? What are you going to do with the passions that you carry? And some of you are stinking miserable, and I want to ask why. Life's too short to stay that way. If you don't like your job, go find another one. You say, well, I, you know, I should be grateful for this one. Yeah, be grateful and go find another one. Because everything you're doing today is skills for tomorrow. You know what? You're feeling like you're stifled or whatever. I might know somebody that was like that. Didn't get to bring forth their gifting where they were, and guess what? They went and started a church. Whoa, had a big vision, right? And now they get to implement what was all the time there. It's all I'm saying to you is get off dead center. Head towards a goal. You may say, but I'm afraid. What if I go the wrong direction? Ah, did you know that, um, let's see, I can't think of the man's name right now. I'm sorry, he's in one of my books. But anyway, he's an astronaut and he walked on the moon and it's not the main guy. It's not John. No, it was the other guy. Anyway, anyway, he, when, when interviewed about NASA, he said when the launch took place, literally NASA just sort of threw them towards the direction of the moon. Now, that doesn't sound like a real sure way of where you're going. I'd want to have my GPS going and whatever else, you know, that I'm going the right place. And he said, but this is what you have to do. You have to course correct every nine to 10 minutes. What is different about your life? So you got to course correct. So you made a wrong decision, turn around. I love Texas, you can do big UEs anywhere here, right? 
You know, when I first moved to Texas, it was such a culture shock. And maybe you can't understand this, but I was raised in the Midwest where I learned how to talk normal. <laughs> then I moved to Texas. Well, I learned to speak normal. Let's say that. And then I moved to Texas and I learned how to talk. And there's a difference. I used words like I'd never known before. Ain't, can't, fixin'. Those were never on my vocabulary list in Illinois. When I was growing up also, I never knew the words like Bubba. That would have been so appropriate because sometimes you don't know people's names, you know? And so you just call them Bubba. They're married to Bubbette and they have little bubbies. It's perfect. <laughs> Right? You mash buttons, you mash taters, you push your buggy at the store. I was in the Carolinas a couple of weeks ago, and a, a man said to me, so where'd you get your raisins? I'm like, what? Aisle seven, maybe? I don't know. Where'd you get your raisins, he said. You know, tell me about your mom and your daddy. Where'd you get your raisins? <laughs> All of us have got raisins. <laughs> but when I moved to Texas, a friend of mine by the name of John said to me, Gail, you might be living here, but when are you going to learn how to talk true Texan? I said, well, what would that be? He said, big O. Park your big O truck on that big O tree. We'll have big O time. <laughs> and the thing that you've overlooked is you've got a big O life. You've got a big O future that's bright. You've got a destiny that's beyond anything that you could imagine. You've got big O plans for you, but you're going to have to step into them. Quit opposing yourself. It's time to run free. And whether it's a place that you felt boxed in, you know what? Kick out the slats. It's either going to be your dance floor, Jed, or it's going to be a launch pad. Either way, you're headed to somewhere beyond what you could, what you could ever imagine, but it's tied into your passion, which brings me to purpose. You know, what's it all about? Each of you are a gift. But maybe you can think of the Christmas or the different events where you've been to, where you've been given a gift. It's beautifully wrapped. You open it up and go, oh, what is it? Or how about this? You open it up and go, how do I use it? And that's how some of you are about your own life. What is it? How do I use it? What do I do with all these passions that are within me? What do I do with purpose? What does that mean? Purpose? I just work this job from nine to five every day. And then I come, I volunteer a little bit at the church, just trying to figure out how to do it and make ends meet. Purpose? Yes, you've got purpose. Based on Psalms 20, verse 4. May he grant you according to your heart's desire, passion, and fulfill all your purpose. What good is heart's desire without purpose? What good is purpose without heart's desire? It all goes together. And isn't that really the problem, the core of our heart? I love the verse where it says, it's out of, the, it's out of our heart that issues spring forth. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. But some of you, your issues, they're sort of damned up. They're blocked. You won't let them come forth. Why? Because of past mistakes or past things you've been through. How could you live in the past when you have today? And how, how do any of us know we have tomorrow? Why wouldn't you maximize today? And that's what I really am calling you to do, to live on purpose with purpose. See, where you are, Anybody could have your job, they don't, it's you. I don't have it. Anybody could have your passion that you're sitting on. Anybody could have your dream. I don't have it, but you've got it. And if you've got it, why not bring it forth? And you can say, well, I just feel like I'm just sort of, you know, stalling till something great comes along. Don't stall too long. Because it's in the middle of a stall that none of us want to be when you're in the airport and flying planes all the time. 
A stall can mean an, an abortion, an aborted mission. It can mean actually crash and burn. Don't stall too long and what are you waiting on? Till you can do it? If I, if I waited till I could see again, if I waited till everything could turn around, guess what, I'd still be at home today. But I just believe that in the middle of my weakness, he can be strong. In the middle of all the things that I could be discouraged about, he's given me courage. And I also think he's brought me to a bunch of visual people that really have failed to see the bigger picture, and it's a big O picture. Big O. So you got passion? Tap into it. I love this, by the way, side trip. I don't know who this is in the room, but maybe you said, you know, someday I want to write a book. Awesome. I love to coach people like this. Like, oh, I want to write a book someday. Great. Where, where would I find it? If I go to the bookstore, what aisle will I find it in? Well, I don't know. What, what would your working title be? I don't know. What are you writing now? Well, nothing. I'm too busy. Really? You're not even writing a line, a paragraph, a journal, a blog, any kind of entry? Don't tell me you want to write a book someday unless you really mean it. And if you mean it, guess what? You'll carve out time for it. I had to learn a whole new computer system. I had to get new special equipment, new software in order to write. Just turned in a manuscript this week that, Lord willing, the book will be released Mother's Day, and it's called Hope, Hope Sees. I could say to you every excuse, I can't do it. You want to talk about obstacles? Listen, guys, I've walked out with the wrong person before. I've gotten in the wrong car. I've corrected the wrong children. I've talked to people. I've talked to people who weren't there. And I've reached out to hug people and I've gotten the wrong body parts before. That is awkward. But I keep reaching, I never give up. I was standing, I told this first person, I was standing headed to Wisconsin and I was at the terminal, I was at the gate actually and I was telling my, my husband this awesome story using all my, you know, my, my, my arms. I was very, um, what's that word? Thank you, yes. They were listening. I was using, I was animation and I was talking to him, not knowing he'd walked over the ticket counter, take care of our tickets. Finally, the gentleman on the other side of me said, ma'am, who are you talking to? <laughs> I turned to him, I smiled real big and I said, oh, I speak for a living, I'm just practicing. And I guess that's what I want you to do is practice. Practice living, practice showing up, and then practice running towards something. So passion, purpose, and here it is, where you've been positioned. Some of you this morning, you may say, well, I'm stuck. No, you're not stuck. You've been strategically positioned for this hour. I speak in this all around the country, and especially to top CEOs and different corporations. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. The moment you think that you're stuck, you'll lose stuck. But when you know you've been strategically positioned, every moment will count, every moment. And that's what I want you to begin to do is live on purpose, with purpose. Knowing every moment counts, why? No, you're strategically positioned. And in the days to come, you watch the influence that you will have. Salt and light, how can you measure it really? But salt will season a tasteless culture and light is always a gift in a dark place. Wherever you are, whatever you're facing, I call you today to move forward towards the goal that God has for you two things I want to say. I know there's a guitarist up here. Just get over him for a minute. <laughs> These are important. You may be running a race and thinking, but I feel like I'm all alone. No, you just haven't seen everything or really heard. Because maybe there's not people around you in huge numbers, 
but there is a balcony of witnesses. And you know what they're saying to you? Run, run, run this race that's been set before you. All of heaven believes in you because of the extravagant gift, a price, Jesus Christ himself, to redeem the gift, to open it up and to see all the different layers. This is your season, run with it. And the other thing I'll tell you as a bonus because this is second service. I'm gonna tell you one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. We had a dinner party, a lot of people have come over. We had so enjoyed ourselves and for some reason, we all went to my office to view something on my monitor. And while we were in my office, it was a nice office and I had furniture for some but not for all. And so I was standing next to a tall young man that was sitting. And as we're all laughing and enjoying whatever was happening, I just reached out to encourage someone else. You know, the world needs encouragement. My dear friend, Zig Ziglar, he wrote the foreword to my first book, but many times when we were at lunch or dinner together, Zig would say to me, Gail, if you have a word of encouragement, you'll always have something to give someone. And I could, I could not see around the room, you know, to give him a wink or a smile or whatever, just touch. So I reached out to just encourage this young man sitting there, not knowing that this tall young man had stood up. So um, I'm standing there patting what I thought was his shoulder, thinking to myself, this is the fattest shoulder I think I've ever touched in my life. So I, you know, most people would give up, right? Not this woman. I'm going to find his shoulder. So I began to grab him all the way across his backside. And the further I went, the stiffer he got. It was terrible, y'all. By the time I got to the end going, oh my gosh, I didn't know he'd stood up put my hand down. I've assaulted one of our dinner guests, for one. He was horrified. I was mortified. And I turned and I looked at him and said, so help me, you ever tell anybody about this? And we both just stood there very quiet. I didn't even know if anyone else in the room knew what was happening. If I could have gotten out of there fast, I would have. But I had to face my tallest fear, and it was that guy. Guess what? Now he's my son-in-law. You know, the rest of my single kids are terrified. That's how I'm going to find their mate, too. Just go groping. Be careful this morning when you, when you hug me back at the book table. You know what the biggest temptation is? Never to reach again. I missed the mark. So what? There's more to reach for. And I'm not going to be talked out of what I've been called to be in this hour, no matter what's up against me. And I pray that you'll follow my tracks. Can I pray for you this morning? I'm wondering, before we stand and I pray over you and speak the blessing, I just want to tell you that, you know, you only get so much time and that's understandable. And believe me, I could talk for months. So that's why talkative people write books, because I want you to succeed so much. One of the books we brought today is called Stucker Position. It just came out this summer. And it's Stucker Position, it's your choice. I encourage you not only about yourself, but if you think of a friend or someone that's what I love about influencers and leaders. They don't just think of themselves, they think of other people. And then it's coupled today with a book, Our Story, Seeing Beyond, Zig Did the Forward. And then hopefully in the spring, you'll see a new book, which called Hope Sees, Beyond Obstacles, Challenges, and Disappointment. Listen to me, we serve a God who's visionary. Hope itself is visionary, hope sees beyond. Your passion, your purpose, and your position, they're all ordained, strategic of the Lord. 
I can't wait to meet you in the back. Hug your neck, sign your books, and tell you, yes, you can. Would you stand with me this morning as we pray, and then I want to speak a blessing over you. Father, in Jesus' name, we are so wealthy, wealthy beyond words. Oh, beyond all the numbers, beyond all the accounts, beyond all of our abilities, we're, we're just wealthy because you've called us by name. Lord, I sense this morning there might be those who do feel stuck in this place. And Lord, would you release them? Would you let them know that the prison door, it's already open. It isn't even locked. Would you, Father, give people courage in this room to step into what you've called them to do? And would you also give them eyes to see, eyes that would see, ears that would hear, hearts that are receptive and open to you. And then, Lord, I also ask in the name of Jesus for every person here that there be a multiplication of good that would come and that they would call upon you, Lord Jesus. Listen to me. Life doesn't begin until you know Jesus Christ. Just say this with me. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. Lead me in the days to come. And I say to each of you, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. May he give you increase more and more to you and your children. And may he do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that works within you in Jesus' name. Yes, amen. Amen. Thank you, God. I believe we've heard not just from Gail, but from God today. All right? I I do. I do. I want us to sing this closing song, and let's get our eyes on Jesus. But I want you to thank God that he just spoke to you today. Come on, let's, let's worship God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information on how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411 or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you.